You're listening to the Affirming Voice Network, broadcasting encouragement, mobilizing influence. Affirming Voice, broadcasting encouragement, mobilizing influence. Motivational Radio. All right, you're listening to another podcast of Affirming Voice, where we broadcast encouragement, we mobilize influence, and we want to ignite ideas for you. And a lot of times in doing that, we get stuck in a sense of fear, don't we, Chris? It's kind of like I mean, you get you get scared sometimes when. Oh yeah, well that's a perfect way to put it too. You get stuck in fear because to me, fear is not moving. You're not taking a step forward. You're not taking a, even a step back. Just move out of the fear somehow. And so, how would you do that? I mean, how do you step forward in fear or uh, uh, why you're scared or something? What do you do? Well, the first thing is recognize you have the fear. It's like, okay, what am I so worried about? What's the worst thing that can happen? As you, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned that. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then completely embarrassed and humiliated. <laughs> nice. How about you could die, right? Because there's good, there's good fear. I mean, there's like the, some of the fear, like if you have a piece of meat strapped on your back and you <laughs> fall into a lion's den, pretty good fear right Get there. Get rid of the meat. Get it off your back now, right? That kind of thing. No, there is good fear. Fear keeps us alive. But at the same time, I think we've talked about false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. I didn't come up with that. That's an old adage. But I think that's really true. We see the fear and we make it a bigger thing than it is. So you recognize the fear. Okay, what am I afraid of? How do I just verbalize that or write it down. And then once you've done that, that takes a little bit of the power away from it because you get to see, well, this is ridiculous. And then beyond, unless, like you said, you have a piece of meat strapped to your back and you're thrown into the lion's den, not a good thing. Once you (laughs) recognize the fear. You don't need to write anything down about that. No, it's like not the time to write in your journal. Okay. No journaling at that point. But once you recognize the fear, that's one step. But then what do you do with that fear? And for me, I would often just squelch it down. If I just ignore it, it will go away, but it just allows it to get bigger. That's my opinion. It does, you like an open it, wound or something. Yeah. Well, it, we're as if you replace it with something else. Like, okay, this is my fear. What can I do that flies in the face of that? You know, it's cold calling, which you had mentioned earlier. You're like, really? I mean, I mean, it's not like this person that I'm going to be cold calling is probably not going to be my best friend forever. But it could, they could be. And then if we, if we don't, I think it's sometimes step into it. And sometimes it's just, I think it's about opening yourself up in your vulnerability. It seems like so many people are afraid more of how they appear and what they look like and what others think of them. And I, I've seen more successful people. And some people see them as arrogant or rude, but in fact, they don't really care what you think nine times out of ten. They might listen to you, and they'll analyze it. They'll think about it and go, hmm, you know, they had a good point. 
you do have to be kind. It is, it's something that is really easier to do if you're mindful of it. You know, they always say, how do you eat an elephant? Bite by bite, right? Right. And right. I think that's really true. Just, okay, I'm going to get out of this fear by taking this one little step. I don't have to sit down and write a doctoral thesis and spend 12 hours on it before mm-hmm. I can make a cold call. All I have about if I just get a list of numbers or addresses if I'm going to do it face to face. It sounds like you you prepare. So it's not like you just on a whim, you know, you're in fear of, I don't know, I mean, you know, of of going on a diet and feeling like you're going to starve yourself and you can't get past it. And so you replace it with Twizzlers. That's not going to work. Yeah, I've tried that, though. <laughs> and I have to say, even though my dentist doesn't like it, I'm all in favor of a Twizzler diet. <laughs> You had to say Twizzlers, didn't well, you? Yeah. Really? Now I'm going to be thinking well, about it. Well, it's interesting because my wife, Katrin, likes Twizzlers and she likes um, the mints, whatever they are, uh, the junior mints or something, or peppermint, pa- or I forget, whatever. But it's funny because on their, the, the package it says, a non-fat food. <laughs> Which is true, just loaded with sugar. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, really? We're calling junior mints food now? I know. There's that whole, just that that couple of words there's a lot wrong with it but um apparently free yeah yeah exactly it should be always has been but those guys i think you know we we look at some of the the shameless plugs where people in business do move past their fear and they're not really thinking i mean but you know when they make silly you know statements like that in their and their advertising or marketing campaigns but Something's moving. I mean, we can't blame them for not moving forward and putting something on there. We might exactly. criticize them, but they're selling a ton of non-fat Twizzlers, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And there, there's a huge market for the Twizzlers. Yeah, and I, I really do think if you can just draw up a couple of points, you don't have to draw out a whole game plan. It's not the Battle of the Bulge, right? You're just trying to move yourself forward when you choose to move forward and i I believe it's a choice like you're you're saying you know i am going to make this decision i'm even though i've i've i failed at it several times or i'm afraid of failure and sometimes i think that the it's understanding what type of failure you might be afraid of are you afraid that you're going to be embarrassed because uh, the business didn't work or are you embarrassed because you spent a ton of money and it you didn't you weren't prudent or you didn't have a game plan i mean mm-hmm. there's lots of different ways to to kind of unravel your fear and, and that was something that you had mentioned at the very beginning was write it down like what is it you were afraid of right mm-hmm. yeah and if you're like well i don't like to write well fine just think it out and then if you like you can jot down a few things later i mean it's not for me Yeah, They talk in linguistics. If you want to learn something, you want to see it, you want to hear it, you want to write it down, you you want to enter that information. It's like saving a file on a computer. How many files, the more files you save the thing you don't want to lose in, the less chance you have of losing it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. So that's that's one thing. And just I can get on a negative mind bent where every every thought, the next thought is a negative. So sometimes I think just sitting down or while you're driving or, you know, 
No calling or texting while you're driving, though. But you sit there and you go, okay, I'm going to think of five things that are really great about life or five great qualities I have. And I always think, well, you know, this is stupid that I'm doing this, even though I know it works. And then I do it and it kind of gets my brain to think in a more positive way. Absolutely. Well, you're listening to Chris Kelly and Nate Wyatt on the Affirming Voice podcast, and we, we want to encourage you. We want to motivate you. We want to help build you up into the person that we believe you have been created to be. And so you can learn more about us and, and even hire us as, as your personal coach in different types of, of life coaching or health coaching, and you can find that information out at affirmingvoice.com. All right, Chris, so... Tell me a little bit about how have you chosen what to replace fear with? Like, how do you choose? What do you, what do you choose? We made a joke about the Twizzler thing, but how do you, mm-hmm. how do you decide well, on what it is you're going to replace? I think it can be little things like words even. Instead of saying, you know, oh, this obstacle that I'm facing, and, you know, people say think of it as a challenge. Why not think of it as an adventure? That you're going to go out into unknown territory and you're going to discover something new and that it's going to make you a better person. It's kind of having that adventurous spirit, really. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. That has been something I think that we've our our or the the environment that we live in that we've we've established for ourselves specifically here in the United States in the West is it's so comfortable. It is hard for us to take a cold shower. We're like, why in the world would I ever take a cold shower when I have hot water? I read exactly. A, really? And so people say, that's just stupid. That's asinine. Why in the world? I read a great article that suggested that very thing. So try every once in a while taking a cold shower and being uncomfortable to move yourself out of that kind of lethargic state that everything always has to be comfy. You know, you don't always have to put your stretchy pants on. Sometimes you have to put on a pair of pants. It looks nice. They don't feel as good as your stretchy pants, right? That's very true, but I love my stretchy (laughs) pants. I do. I have to admit, I'm always dressed kind of like an early PE teacher, right? Everything, (laughs) Everything moves. All the clothing has to be stretchy, but that is a good example. So what how do you what do you teach your students when you teach yoga and different health and fitness you know uh, activities when you when you present those to people what do you what do you suggest to them first Well you know you were talking about the cold shower and I just mm-hmm. want to comment on this briefly the nice thing about going in there and you don't have to take in a half an hour shower just darting in there you know getting wet from head to foot and then darting out and drying yourself off is, is it gets a circulation going there's going to be more blood to your brain. There's going to be more blood everywhere. And movement is the key, I think, to staying youthful, both in thought and in body. And the two are, you know, they're connected. But you can have a great physique, but inside, internally, things are not doing as well. Or, you know, the other way. You may not look great, but you know that uh, from head to foot, your system is fit. One thing that I tell my students, I always say my number one fitness goal is for the rest of my life, whether you know it's 80, 90 or whatever, hopefully, knock on wood, is that I can get out of a chair and sit down in a chair without using my hands. Because if you think about it, people always go, I want to work my upper body. I want you know to have the great arms and the biceps, triceps, shoulders. It's like, no, what you want to be able to do is walk, <laughs> right? And get up and down. 
Do you see people with, you know, big grabby arms everywhere? Is it all about, you know, what kind of implement can you sell over the internet or on TV late at night for people to reach stuff? No, it's, you know, the scooters and the hoverounds and all those kinds of things because people lose that ability to move. So first and foremost, if you just try to get out of a chair and sit down in a chair, let's say, Whatever works for you, three, five, ten times in a row, you're going to get the blood going. And you can do that at your desk as well. And that's actually harder than you think. Mm -hmm. And if you try to get up and you can't use, get up without using your hands, still do the exercise, but use your hands. And if you do that over time, you'll get that ability to do it without using your hands. And that to me goes back to the practice, practice, practice. I think it was you who suggested to me several years ago when we were doing a radio show with Dr. Rick Cromie mm-hmm. to get up from the floor without using your hands. Yes, same thing. Exactly. And I've been doing that ever since. And I, I, I mean, it's like, you know, I, uh, I make it a point to, to sit on the floor. Like if, if we're watching a football game or doing a, whatever, I try to stand or sit on the floor because once I get in my nice blue easy chair – Oh, yeah. I'm probably not getting out of it for a while. Oh, yeah. Steve and I have a double recliner chair that's Mm. made out of the soft corduroy. I could live in that thing. If I could get a motor and wheels on it, I'd just wheel that one one around. (laughs) So it's wonderful to hear from you, someone who, I mean, you look great. You have really taken good care of your body. You have. You're so good um, to say that. How would anybody know on the podcast, right? I like that. Exactly. Fabulous. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. she has. She's a she's a teacher at Boise State University, and and she she does a great job in in, in taking care of herself. and And it's interesting to hear that you, you're not um, you're you're not hiding behind the fact that you and your husband would love to sit in that nice corduroy you know recliner forever and put wheels on it because it it is a feeling where we say that hey, feels good. I mean, even for me as a salesman and someone who trains people how to go do cold calls, I still get nervous as hell when I do them. I mean, I don't like mm-hmm. them. I really don't. Well, and here's the thing with acting, okay? If you don't have a healthy fear going, if you're not, if you don't have butterflies in your stomach before you go on stage each and every time, you're doing something wrong. If you go out on a cold call or any sales call and you're not a little bit nervous, even if if you can change that nervous fear energy into nervous, enthusiastic energy, I think that's one of the keys. But yeah, I mean, I get nervous going on the radio. I've been doing it for over 30 years. You'd think I'd be used to it by now. But there's always a little bit of, you know, butterflies in the stomach before you do anything. So how do I start to engage both my my mental actions i want to to learn how to start saying more positive things and and recognize i think that i'm i'm in fear at times and that, okay this is a fear emotion i want to recognize it i want to have something to replace it with how do i then do something physically or active to maybe reengage these these multiple senses, mm-hmm. you know how do i eat what do i do because um, a lot of times people get in fear or they get anxious we eat. Oh, uh, yeah. There's nothing like a good bacon cheeseburger to quell the fear and make you want to take a nap. I always, the diet I do is, uh, if I, because I've done all of them, I've like counted calories and that's worked for me, you know, and different routes of 
trying to lose those few extra pounds is I'll eat a couple of pieces of fruit or vegetables, you know, like a handful of uh, baby carrots and a couple of pieces of celery before I eat a regular meal. So it's like I can eat anything I want. That's the rule. I can eat the banana cream pie and I can have a slice of the coconut cream pie as well. Mm, Making me hungry. And maybe a Twizzler or two. But first I'm going to eat some roughage before I I do the meal. And that will make you eat less. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a great way to do it. I think I've mentioned this to you once before. Our good friend Ryan Stevenson, Mm -hmm. he was um, overweight very much most of his his life as a young kid, and he he developed a lot of, of anger and angst and worry and all this kind of stuff because of it. And when he chose to start losing weight, one of the things that he shared with me and a bunch of other people actually uh, a couple years ago on New Year's when people were making their New Year's resolutions is he said, I drink a ton of water. I try mm-hmm. to fill myself up before I eat. Which is such a good idea. I have one of those uh, plastic cups with the straw in it, I always have water in it. And I'm always sipping on water. You don't have to drink the whole thing all at once. Just fill it up, take a sip now and then, and before you know it, the whole thing will be gone. And then fill it up again. Okay, so here's a couple of really good takeaways. We want What we're talking about today is, again, learning how to push past your fear and replace it with something. Fear mm-hmm. is a part of life. Rejection is a part of life. Being humiliated, being embarrassed, those are things a part of life. The way that if you don't want those things to happen, you do nothing, but the fear will stay there. It will grow. It will fester. It will become worse and harder for you, possibly, to even move past that fear. So we're talking today about moving past that fear and replacing it with something healthy. It's important for you to think about a couple of things that you could do today to replace that fear. You could start having, you know, list out five adjectives about yourself that you know are true, that you want to be true, that you feel as though I'm going to battle this fear. I'm going to tell myself I'm okay. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm really, my dream is. This is where I'm going to go. You're kind of, you know, really pumping yourself up like an athlete would before their contest or before the game. The other thing I love mm-hmm. when you talked about, Chris, is preparing, you know, knowing, okay, I'm going to eat some roughage or I'm going to, I'm going to, to, to try to, to stand up without using my hands. You have to prepare and think about that, don't you? You can't just... Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. true. Well, one thing is I used to cliff dive when I was young and stupid. And I would never dive off a cliff unless I checked out the cliff first. I, you know, I would go down and I'd swim. I'd put on fins and a mask and a snorkel. And you dive down so you can see what is under the water. Because if there's a big, jagged, underground rock pu- poking up right where you're going to dive... You might not survive that dive. So how about you don't that do that? That might be your last, your last cliff dive. Yeah. So you, you want to you know, you do your preparation before you do something, but don't get bogged down in the preparation right. either. Don't get a, an analysis of paralysis. Oh, yeah. Or paralysis of analysis. Either one. Both are bad. <laughs> if the word paralysis is in there, you don't want it. You don't want it. Well, again, thank you so much for listening today. You've been listening to Affirming Voice Podcast with Chris Kelly and Nate Wyatt. If you'd like to learn more about some of the things we're talking about and being able to connect with us, you're free to do so at affirmingvoice.com. To learn more and interact, visit us online at affirmingvoice.com.